Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi. And Cleet. And this is a bonus podcast that we're going to throw out there this week because... Because apparently I found myself on a rant. Yep. Clee was on a rant and I was like, hold on, honey. I We need to record this because this has to do with a lot of the financial stuff that's going on. Yeah. And just the uh, roles in society and the way that uh, the way that we are seen as artists or as small businesses. Yeah, as entrepreneurs, artists, and independents. Um, so a little backstory on this is that this has gotten me thinking about what it means to be a contributing member of society. Yeah. I've had some time to think on this. This is something that's kind of in the background of my mind. Anyway, because some people, when they hear you're an artist, that to them means that you're unemployed. Yeah. Like, or that you're, you're a small business owner. It means you're not working as hard as the average American. Yeah. And we have, we have the double stigma of being, uh, artists who run our own small business because not only are we artists, which means that, uh, we don't have real jobs. And then we run a small business, which means what kind of possible contribution to society are you giving? Right. So uh, Rafi had asked me, because I was thinking a lot about this today, um, because I've been thinking a lot about, do I feel like a worthless sack of potatoes right now? Some days, yeah. Am I an important part of society right now during a pandemic? I make jewelry. Right. Uh, that That's an existential thing that I've been wrangling with over the years. So Rafi said... Where do you think your whole belief system of what makes a worthwhile person, where do you think that comes from? And I said, well, you know, that starts in childhood. So what are the things that I was taught as a kid make you a worthwhile human? You get good marks. You follow rules. You clean up after yourself. You don't get yourself caught sitting on the couch doing nothing. Right. If you have time to watch TV, you have time to go fold your socks. Yeah, you got time to lean, you got time to clean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I yep. forgot about. Oh, man, they loved that in school. Um, you you help out where you can. You know, there that was a big thing uh, growing up, too, that my mom felt like she was the only one doing everything all the time. Oh, yeah. And it was this weird double energy thing of like her feeling like a martyr because she was the only one doing stuff and then her also feeling like proud because she was productive all the time she kind of hid her like lazy time from the rest of like she'd wait till uh i would go to bed and then that's when she would have her couch potato time but i'm getting off topic here so you follow the rules you get good marks you help out where you can you clean up after yourself you maintain the standard the status quo then you go to school and it's um, basically the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. You get good marks. You follow the rules. You help out where you can. Uh, you do your homework. And then you leave school and you go into the adult world. And it's pretty much the same thing. They even say, you are a B student. You yep. are a C student. Yep. You go into the workforce. You are a six-figure earner. Yep. You are... Uh, less than that, whatever. But even in things that don't matter, when I'm filling out stuff online that has nothing to do with what my education background is, and I get that question of what's the highest level of education that I, you know, there is a huge, 
a huge emphasis. focus, emphasis on what your education is as if the education makes you a better person. And what that says about you. Um, I was also telling Rafi, you know, so a lot of it is like young, uh, you know, you're, when you're impressionable years, what have you, from your people that you're directly interacting with, your parents, your family, uh, whoever, your friends and their parents' opinions, and also pop culture. So I was yeah. saying um, – you know, when when you have the movies that have the the global catastrophe and there's the bunker or the space shuttle, yeah, uh, that they're going to uh, corral all the important people and they're going to put them in the bunker or they're going to put them on the shuttle to the other planet. You've got politicians, uh, doctors, uh, legal people. You've got laborers to do the grunt work, right? right? Uh, you've got maybe an artist. You know, but they've got to be an important artist. Right. They got to be important. Uh, you, maybe you have one musician, uh, but really the people that matter. And look, I get it. I get it. In, in, a, in a situation like that, and we're talking about, you know, movies. Right. Um, you do need those people, obviously. You need those people. But it's kind of like in the last podcast where I said, well, what would be going on right now if we didn't have any creatives and it was just gray walls and gray houses and everything looked the same and there wasn't unique architecture or color or paintings or music or books or any of the amazing stuff that lets our imaginations it, – it, it gets undervalued in – Society. Yeah, and the thing that's glossed over is that the movie that you're watching was is created the art by an artist. An artist, yeah. Yeah. So um, those things were a big influence on me growing up. And I think one of my biggest struggles that's really under the microscope right now is my value as a human in a situation like this. Right. And being able to say, of course, doctors, lawyers, teachers, uh, laborers, they're all important. Uh, but am I actually less valuable as a person because I'm an artist? Right. Especially during a time like this. And, um, well, I mean, you said it, you said it earlier, uh, when you were talking about the art world, like basically, unless you make it, you know, and you're an important artist. Yeah. Considered an important artist. So like you attain a certain status as an artist and then you're a visionary who influences uh, the world in a cultural and historical way. Right. Up until that point, you're basically unemployed. Right. Oh, you're you paint just for a living? Yeah. Oh, well, plenty of people paint. What do you do for a real job? Right. The same thing is I see happening with entrepreneurship, right? You build yourself a big, successful company that employs thousands of people. Whether you started off as a one-man operation or not, uh, you are the force that drives the economy. Right. You, you are, are visionary. Capitalism in America. You are the American dream. You are one of the thousands of employees that work for said company. Right. You are keeping this economy going. You right. are the workforce that makes the dream teamwork makes the dream work. Right. You are a small business owner, which, by the way, uh, independents, freelancers, small business owners make up, I think, approximately 35% of our economy right now. Right. You don't matter. Right. And up until the CARES Act recently, like literally, uh, there was nothing in place to help small business, freelancers, gig workers, artists, 
in a situation like this. Right. And now we're seeing Congress pass the CARES Act, right? But they basically said, yes, yes, you're included too. Uh, good luck with that. Right. Because now you need to go through your state. Which uh, we're in Florida. And let me tell you something. Yeah. It sucks. Actually, navigating that has been um, hilarious in the not hilarious way. And it just got me thinking about how we, A, how we value people based on what they're doing, their contribution, how you turn that in on yourself. And if you're anything like me, you might be feeling like you're less than or you're not as valuable, especially in a time like this. Especially in a time like this. I mean, one of the first things that gets cut in a school when their budget gets cut is art, art and music. Yep. You know, and, and the, the thing that gets most of the budget is actually sports. Yeah. People will invest more in a football field than in a arts program or a music program because – Financially, when you when you got that go team mentality, that's what they want. They want people to get excited about wearing the school colors. They want people to get excited about the school and art and music and stuff because it is a creative craft and it allows for uh, nonconformity and individualism and creativity in that sense. Um, it doesn't work. So a lot of budgets don't go towards that direction. You even look at the United States government and a lot of the budget cuts that are taking place there have to do with arts programs. With arts programs. Yeah. And, you know, I experienced that growing up, too. Uh, My mom, uh, she'll tell you she doesn't really have an appreciation for the arts. She knew she had a creative little human on her hands with me. So she did her best. But what my mom failed to realize is that she does appreciate art. She just doesn't realize it, that all the things that are art around us every day that make our lives better. And it's like on a grander scale, we there's this stigma that art's just not that important, that anybody that wants to pursue art as a career is just a self-gratifying fuckface, basically. Yeah, I know, I know. And and that's the way that society sees it, but they don't look at the fact that art surrounds them everywhere, whether it is the architecture of their house, the style and make of their car, whether it is the colors that they are putting on their house, whether it is the design and the cabinets that they have in their kitchen, or even the design of their iPhone, or the design of whatever it is, or the poster, or the advertising that they're looking at, or the font style that they're using. Everything, everything that surrounds them is art. Absolutely. Because if it wasn't, everything would be the same color. All the styles of the cars would be the same. All the houses would be the same. All the clothing would be the same. Clothing would be the same. Music, we wouldn't even have music. We wouldn't have uh, any of the great music from the past or any of the great music from today. We wouldn't have fiction books. We wouldn't have mystery. Everything would be about facts. Everything would be black and white and there would be no room for imagination. And that's what people lack. They, they don't understand is that they could say that they don't have an appreciation for art. But the world would be devoid of meaning if it wasn't for art. I agree. It would be pretty bleak. As such, sitting here having an existential crisis, 
I found myself scrambling around to try to make myself feel more productive and feel more worthwhile and feel like I was making a bigger contribution during a time like this pandemic. Basically feeling like I have to prove that I'm worth the air that I'm breathing right now. Um, And it's not that the pandemic has created this feeling. This feeling is prevalent. It's just put it under the microscope for me. And I think probably a lot of other artists might be feeling this way too. And like you said, we're talking about two things here. We're talking about creatives and we're talking about small business. And yep. if you have the misfortune to be a creative small business, yep. <laughs> and I say misfortune, I don't mean that, but you know, I'm being a little... In the in the way that you're perceived. Yeah. yeah. In the way that you're perceived by society. Um, It's, it's something that should be looked at. Yeah. Uh, do you think that you're less than, or do you know that what you contribute is valuable? How do you define your worthiness as a human, your self-worth, and how do you, you know, regardless of how others see you, how society sees you, um, do you realize that what you do is valuable? And I think, I think that one of the issues here is like when we were talking about, for example, talking about the CARES Act, right? And talking about government or talking about schools and talking about the way that the educational system is set up talking about the way that the societal system is set up based on the educational system. Mm-hmm. The only way that most Americans know about the value of art is when they're reading an article about some stupid old painting selling for millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, and then they think they think that that is what the art world is. That's what it means to be in the art world. And that's not. That's the art stock market. That's that's not even about that's more about commodities than it is about the actual artwork and collecting and making more money on an investment that you made. Right. That's not the that's not the everyday people actually making art art world. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about the millions of people that have a home studio that are knitting, making sculptures, building stuff out of wood. Yeah, painting, a lot of those people jewelry. that a lot of yeah. those people right now that are making masks Absolutely. and selling them on Etsy. Like Absolutely. those are the artists. Those are the people that are making things with their hands whether it is something that is considered creative or practical, either way, it is a creation that they are putting together and putting out there in the world. Those are the small businesses. Those are the artists. Those are the creative people that are, and that, that is the American dream. That's the entire basis of what this country was based on, you know, where the streets are paved with gold. It's because of the opportunities that you have to put something that you have a gift in and to be able to make money from it, to create a business from it. Absolutely. And yet it was the JP Morgans, the Rockefellers, the, the, the people that were making the big, huge amounts of money by running monopolies that, that people started to want to be like. And yeah. those were the ones that were taking the headlines. It started to become less about the opportunity of the small business and more about the big businesses that are making a lot of the calls that are going on in Congress. A lot of the calls that are going on, you know, I mean, you look at, you look at big business and how much control they have. Oh, I mean, right now, the dilemma is that a lot of the big business, a lot of banks, a lot of the big banks are pushing to reopen the economy right now. Right. In lieu of what health experts are saying. Right. And it's creating a dilemma. Do you please big business or do you listen to what the health experts are saying? Yeah. I want to make, a couple of points here. I am in no way trying to discredit 
big business, laborers, or any other profession. Right, right. Everyone has value. I think that's the point I'm trying to get across. And the second thing is, I am in no way, shape, or form saying that we should just sit around and the government should just be bailing us out right now. No. Because as individuals, we can all either do whatever it is we can or feel sorry for ourselves. Listen, uh, sure, the CARES Act is supposed to help the self-employed uh, to get through times. But honestly, uh, the way that you and I run our business is we don't count on things like that. And I'm not counting on anything. But what I am saying is self-employed, independents, artists, gig workers, freelancers are a huge percentage of our economy. And up until this point, it's like they don't matter Yep. when it comes to laws, when it comes to programs that are available in times of disaster, when it comes to acknowledgement that you're a contributing member of society. And a lot of people like to talk a big game about how small business is important and small business this and small business that. But aside from grandiose statements, like, what are we seeing? Yeah. Small businesses, uh, most, most everyone that's writing articles, that's vlogging, that I've personally talked to, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like I said earlier, they passed this act, the CARES Act. It included self-employed. There's nothing in place to help us navigate what that means. How do you get a bridge loan? How do you apply for unemployment through your state? They're making now, in the last week, they're making, they're changing the rules. Uh, they're yep. making it a little trickier on the state level for the self-employed and small business owners to qualify for those loans. Yeah, actually, I saw the verbiage change uh, from one day to the next, the verbiage changed that uh, you actually do not qualify for any of it. Or it is unlikely that you will qualify. Yeah, it is very unlikely that you will qualify. And look, most of us are like, hey, we've never um, filed for a loan of this type before. We've never filed for unemployment before. We don't know how this process works to begin with. A little FAQ page, please. A yep. little guidance, please. And a little less, yeah, 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 from the state, on the state level. Yeah. Um, I get that all the systems are overwhelmed right now. The loan programs, the unemployment programs, they're overwhelmed right now. But I think the thing is, like, we do matter. Yeah. <laughs> we drive a large portion of the economy, and it's about time that it's acknowledged. And it, even so much as to say... Well, the self-employed don't contribute to this and this and this financially, and that's why you don't qualify. And it's like, yes, maybe on your average, during your average uh, timeline, we wouldn't be applying for anything like this, but this is a catastrophe. Yeah, exactly. So, this is a catastrophe, and we do account for 35 or more percent of the economy. And the fact of the matter is that we don't get any kind of tax breaks. No. If you're a sole proprietor, you're paying self-employment tax. Yeah, you're paying self-employment tax. You are paying more taxes than you would if you were just working somewhere. And it's almost like the entire system is set up to make it more beneficial to just go out and get a job somewhere than to actually do your own thing and run your own business, which is ironic considering that the U.S. started as a bunch of people saying, we want to separate from 
them over there and we're going to do our own thing and we want to be in control of our own lives and what we do. Based on the way that the schools are set up, based on the way that society and the government is set up for people like that, like basically I, I really do think that the system was set up in a very factory worker style way. Do your job, get good marks, don't misbehave, uh, fall in line and do what you're told and you will be okay and you'll have a job until we decide that you no longer have a job. Mm-hmm. In my book, I talk about blazing your own trail. It seems like you really do have to separate yourself from that mentality in order to be able to succeed, not only as a small business, but as an artist. And you have to set aside all of the black and white rules that exist. The only problem is that Our economy and everything or the way that the government looks at us or the way that anybody looks at us for the most part, I think the most the most common way to look at somebody like that is like they're less than. Yeah, like you're just an uh, you're lazy or you're unmotivated. And it's like, really, I I did the math and I work more hours now than I ever did. Well, yeah. Being employed somewhere. We basically, at this point in time, even during the pandemic, we are working Monday through Sunday and spending at least eight hours in the studio. Now, I enjoy those hours a lot more than I did. Should I feel bad about that? I don't think so. Right. But a lot of people want to want to make you feel bad about that. Like you're not you're not doing what you should be doing somehow. Now. I, I'm, I've been a little bit on a tirade because there are things that make me angry. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to how small business and self-employed individuals are looked at, are treated, what programs are available to us, the fact that we can't unionize. Yeah. Um, now there are some artistic trades that have unions. Right. Uh, but so I guess the positive end of this is, I hope and I think that this is one of those instances where that's going to have to change. Right. And it's painful right now because we see, okay, we're included in this bill that Congress just passed. It's a big old mess. Yeah. Is it going to be useful for most of us? I don't know. It's a start. I wish it was working a little more fluidly. Yeah. I wish there was more information out there, but it's a start of a shift in at least acknowledging that the self-employed workforce is a workforce. Yeah. And um, maybe making things more accessible to us, like insurance options, um, financial programs, what have you. And um, we are seeing things popping up that are getting more attention, for example, the freelancers union yeah which advocates for independent workers and artists yeah um and different things like that different programs so that's the positive i think at this point i would have to say that the most empowering thing for me to do in a situation like this is understand that a it's a little bit better than it's ever been uh for the self-employed for artists and stuff uh, they, with the internet, there is so much opportunity and so much going on. Like even during this pandemic, there are opportunities to be able to do something with your finances versus just being stuck at home and not having 
any opportunities because the gallery that you're a part of is closed down. Absolutely. Uh, we also don't have to depend on galleries. It's not like it was back in the day where it's like, well, you're not a real artist. You're basically just unemployed unless you're represented by a gallery or you have to have an agent or you have to have your name in said said magazine. It doesn't work that way right now. And to be honest with you, I think it's all about being able to get into that mindset of, listen, uh, nobody is ever going to really look at us historically as artists, as contributing members of society. For the most part, we're seen as uh, rapscallions or rascals or whatever it is that we are. Rebel scum. Rebel scum. We're seen <laughs> as, you know, we're, we are not seen as contributing members of society by a lot of the people that are making the big financial choices for this country. That's just been the way that it is. I think really when it comes down to it is I would put more pressure on a lot of the non-for-profit museums, art associations, uh, places that are like that. I agree with you. There's a lot of focus on obviously big organizations in the art world need to focus on themselves to a certain extent to maintain what they do. But advocacy for independent artists yeah. shift some of the focus. If you wield power in the art world, shift some of the focus away from the old dead masters. Exactly. And a little more focus on the artists who are alive today and doing the things. Yeah. And the, the thing is, it doesn't have to become a competition of prestige. Let's take a look at your local artists that are in the area where the museum is at and at least have something that represents some of the local artists in your area. Instead, you're going to pay $10 million for a rock. It just doesn't make sense to me the way that the finances are distributed in the art world because it's all about prestige, it's all about reputation, and it's all about that name. And so what happens with a lot of artists who are small businesses who are like, they think that they're absolutely nobody until they get that prestige or whatever, which the only way that you could get that prestige is through going through the gatekeepers. So you're jumping through hoops. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing that happens with anything that's going on with government. It's like in order to be noticed as a creative in government, you have to jump through hoops in order to get a grant for one thing or the other. Yeah. And there's a lot of if you blah, 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 then blah, 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 loopholes yeah. that are like there that are there unfortunately they're meant to stop you yeah. from obtaining the help that you might be able to get so uh it's frustrating my solution is you grab the finger that is between your ring finger and your forefinger right and then you let that one kind of stay rigid and then you curl the rest of your fingers and then you just put that and stick it up right at whoever is telling you that you're not good enough. I think that that's, that's my solution. Meanwhile, things will change and I'll be an advocate for change and, and things getting better for small businesses or whatever, but I am not going to rely on anybody else to change. I am going to keep blazing my own trail and doing my own thing. And maybe I'll inspire change by what I'm doing. Maybe so. As a contributing member of society who has value and is worthwhile. And if it's you that's telling yourself 
that you're not worthwhile or that you're not a contributing member of society because you've been programmed socially to believe so. Right. Uh, now's a good time to take a look at that. Yeah. You are worth the air you breathe. I mean, it's got to start. It really does have to start with you. Yeah. It has to start with you. If you are uh, talking yourself down, you're not going to get anywhere. If you think that you are not a contributing member of society, if you don't believe in what you are doing, it doesn't matter if you're doing something creative or you're just uh, running a small business, uh, producing something, manufacturing something. If you don't believe in what you're doing and you think that you're not contributing to the well-being of the world, then uh, you're not going to get anywhere. And it's something for all of us to look at because I, I – I honestly, I'm not sure that any artist or creative or small business owner hasn't like questioned this oh, before. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, this whole thing began with my existential rant yep. um, today. And I ha ultimately have to ask myself, aside from internet archives with grim articles, uh, who do you think is going to keep the record of what's going on right now? Right. Artists. Artists. Artists, musicians, writers, we're the, we're the record keepers. Yeah. For so that's it. That's my rant. That's your that, rant? That's my, my weirdly self-empowering rant. So what is your ultimate takeaway if you could put it in one sentence? Uh, boy. Middle finger. That's no, what I'm thinking. I mean, that's your takeaway. Yeah. Middle finger, guys. Um, it works. My first takeaway is what you do does not determine your worth as a human. And also, everyone's valuable. Even when you're looking at what it is you do, how you contribute, I think we're all valuable. Right. Whether you're a doctor, a teacher, an athlete, an artist, it's valuable. Yeah. A no group should be looking at another group and saying you're not valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Because that all has to do with a subjective perspective that is based on some bullshit that that person learned in the first place. Even if an artist is looking at a doctor and saying, what I do is way more valuable than what you do, that artist is full of shit. Absolutely. And if a doctor is looking at an artist and saying that, well, that doctor is full of shit. And the fact is that I think that a lot of people out there really do have an appreciation for art. I think that it's just time for that shift to go into more like government and the... the yeah, so we're seeing a paradigm shift uh, before the pandemic yeah. of um, people, entrepreneurs, small business artists being more recognized more as part appreciated. of More appreciated. Yeah, yeah, you got uh, American Express does the Small Business Saturday yeah. and things like that. Will legislature catch up uh, eventually? They're going to have to eventually. Yeah. yeah. In the meantime. Maybe not in our lifetime. Maybe not in our lifetime. In the meantime, if you are having existential crises like I've been about your worth, your contribution, probably based on movies that you saw as a kid and what your parents told you made you a worthwhile contributing member of society. Uh, just know that you are valuable, unique, and beautiful and worth every bit of air you breathe. Absolutely. You are, there's never been anybody like you. There will never be anybody like you and there is no one out there like you and nor could somebody create the things that you create the way that you do it is perfection and completely and utterly valuable to this world so don't ever forget that 
And I guess that's it. You done with your rant? Yeah. You feeling good? I am. All right. Now that we let all that out and shared it with you, you guys take that and do whatever it is that you want with it. And uh, just remember, keep smiling. You are amazing. You are absolutely valuable. And we adore you. And listen, if you like this rant and you want to listen to more, we don't really rant, but if you want to listen to more of us uh, just uh, doing the blah, blah, blah thing that we do on the podcast, go ahead and click somewhere around here to subscribe. And that's it. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day, everybody. Adios.